Good evening. Today is Wednesday, July 27th, 2022, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter and step is Into Action, Step 10, and our speaker tonight is Kathleen O. Thank you, Kathleen. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity and inviting me to share on Step 10 this evening. So Step 10 um, is on page 84 starts at the second paragraph and it goes through page 85. And truly this is like one of the best. Um, I know we say that about all of them, but you know, step 10 begins by suggesting that we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. So it's really a simple instruction, but it's not always easy to play out. Um, step 10 tells us we have now entered the world of the spirit. And, you know, what does that mean? Um, how do we know we've entered? Um, <laughs> I like listening to Sandy Beach. Um, he does AA, he's an AA, um, has some really good recordings. And he asks, you know, is there a sign on the door? Is that how we know we've entered? And self-seeking will, sl will slip away. You know, we intuitively know how to handle situations with these, which used to baffle us. Um, well, where does it slip away? Does it go out the back door? It's like, no, you know, we don't get, we don't get a certificate that we have a spiritual awakening in meetings. They don't hand them out. Um, self-seeking doesn't go in or out the back door. Um, you know, this is really, um, you know, the big book tells us this is all about, um, connecting with the higher power that can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. And, it's really hard for me to even describe a spiritual experience um, because it's, for me, it's just something that happened um, and it was a slow process. Some, sometimes, you know, the spiritual awakening occurs suddenly, but for most of us, it usually occurs gradually. And, you know, for me, I realized that there is indeed a creator that has touched me and that the God of my understanding is doing for me what I can't do for myself. I have had the most challenges in the last three years that I've had in my entire life. And I tell you, if I didn't have this program, I would be a friggin' mess. Um, so, you know, for me, that's entering this, the, the world of the spirit. I know God's going to do for me what I can't do for myself. Um, when I'm in fear, I just, I don't ask God to remove it. I just ask my higher power to walk through it with me. And I know I'm going to be okay. I've always felt in all my challenges that God has my back. And, you know, as long as I can keep my ego outside, um, I can live in the now and I can live in the world of the spirit and, and follow the directions of my higher power. And it's really amazing um, how I get some of these directions. I was um, sharing before the recording started, I'm having some health issues and um, I, I had somebody call me in program and he started talking about, um, his shoulder and how he's going to a chiropractor. And he's, he said, and I'm not going cause it made my shoulder worse and I'm getting an MRI. And I said, do you know how like amazing it is that you called me? Because I was just saying to myself, I had been going to a chiropractor. The chiropractor was causing my, my back more pain. And I couldn't, it's like, what do I do? Do I do keep going? Like he's asking me to the chiropractor or do I go? like insist on getting an MRI because something's wrong with my back. And um, so the, the fact that this person called me and said that, I'm like, 
thank you so much for calling because I had that question. And so clearly, I really do believe, you know, God speaks through us when we need it. And sometimes it's that obvious. <laughs> and the and the worst thing I could have done was continue with the chiropractor because I had compression fractures. Um, and you do not want to be doing any kind of movement with compression fractures. So, um, and again, um, just challenges of, it's not like I fell. Um, this is kind of a serious deal, but I'm not afraid. It's like, I know my higher power is with me. So in step 10, you know, it's trying to get us to stop living in the confusion of the world and move back into the now. Um, hanging out in the past or the present um, or the future, not the present, hanging out in the past or the future, it's really kind of scary. So, you know, I've always heard, um, don't, don't stay in, I can't, I don't want to stay in my head a lot. Um, it's a bad neighborhood. I need to stay out of it. So, um, you know, step 10, continue to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. So this is a walking around step. You know, step 11 is something we do at the end of the day. But step 10 is, um, it's just kind of a walking around step. And, and it's real obvious when it happens because things will be going very well. And then I'll either, I'll get disturbed. It's like someone says something, someone does something that disturbs me. Um, and I immediately know, okay, I need to do a step 10. What's going on? Why did suddenly I go from feeling fine to not feeling fine? Um, and then, you know, if I'm wrong, I need to quickly make amends and making amends. I always want to remember making amends means not repeating the behavior. Does it mean I'm never going to repeat it? No, but if I really focus on that um, as, and I have found that I, I less and less repeat the behavior. Um, and that's really the goal. Um, you know, our goal, our goal is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. And so I don't know if anyone's on here that hasn't been through all the steps or familiar with all the steps, but you know, in step one, um, and I'm just gonna really quickly because most of these steps are in step 10, um, four through nine are, but in step one, you know, we have to come to terms that we're powerless. So I just wanna qualify a little bit my powerlessness. Um, so I came in um, in my early 50s. Um, up until then, I had been dieting since the sixth grade, my first. Um, I'll date myself here, but my first diet was a Metrical diet um, where you just drank this sugary garbage. And, um, and Twiggy was very fashionable then and just created all sorts of body image problems for a lot of, a lot of girls. Um, because I look at pictures of me in the sixth grade and I looked totally normal, um, but I didn't look like Twiggy and my friends didn't either. They were also normal looking. And so we were all going on these crazy Metrical diets. And I mean, I did just about everything and anything um, that any of you have tried, um, including, I think the stupidest one I ever did, <laughs> the most crazy out there in left field, um, was injecting pregnant women's urine, having a doctor do that into me. Um, I mean, how could that possibly work? And the only thing that did was make this doctor money. And of course it didn't work. Anyway, I did hypnotism, all that stuff. So I'm just gonna share, and Liz, I'll, ask you to take them off uh, because this is the first time I've ever shared my screen. But I'm gonna start with um, this one, I think that is, this is, cause I have a little story about this one. So this is my wedding photo. 
And, um, and this is a second marriage for both my husband and I. And this is an interesting photo because um, prior to getting married, I stopped eating sugar and I had not come into 12-step recovery yet. I'd never heard of it, but um, I stopped eating sugar and I lost a lot of weight, just not eating sugar. And so I looked pretty normal in here. I mean, it was, I think this was a size 10 wedding dress. It was a very happy day. Um, this man, I feel was my soulmate. He felt I was his and it was just a great day. And unfortunately life got in the way he retired and was like the, the guy in the big book who, when he retired, he started drinking. Alcoholism is ultimately what ruined our marriage. But um, anyway, still have a lot of love for this man. So, um, and then here, oh, I know what I was gonna say about that wedding photo. <laughs> as soon as we got, we got married and, um, and, you know, there's wedding cake. And so I, um, I had to have a bite of wedding cake because that's what everybody does. And I ate it and I thought, oh, this doesn't even taste good. But I'm telling you that triggered something. The next day I couldn't get enough sugar. And for the next six months, I gained 10 pounds a month. And my poor husband just watched me grow and grow. And the guy never said a word. Um, so this one here, I think you can see this. I'm, I'm on the right here. I don't know how to move that over. So I'm a little cut. I don't know if you guys can see this, but I'm a little cut off. Can you see the whole body of me? Um, but that was probably a, okay, thanks. That was um, at my top weight. Um, I, I weighed somewhere around, I stopped getting on the scale after 200. I did get over 200, I just don't know how much. And then can you see this full picture with me in the green sweatshirt? Can somebody, get, you can, okay. So that's pretty much, that was taken, um, oh gosh, probably five years ago. But I still wear that sweatshirt, I still wear those jeans um, and, you can see that my friends are all have a glass of wine in their hand and I don't because I do not drink alcohol. Okay, and then I think, and then you can see this with, um, this was in uh, England and um, that was when I was also into the food. Okay, so can you turn those off formulas please? Thank you. So, um, yeah, and, and I, over the years, went up and down, up and down. You know, probably a 75-pound weight loss. Um, I'm, I'm normally, um, you know, my, my weight is normally 135 at 5'7", but um, because of these health issues, I'm about 10 pounds less than that. Hopefully, the luxury problem to have to, be, have to gain it back, right? Um, but... I'll leave that up to my higher power too. So, um, so step one, powerless. I mean, I clearly, nothing I ever did worked. And again, dieting on again, off again, that I always gained the weight back and I always gained back, back more. So to come into 12 step recovery was truly a miracle for me. Um, so, and in this, in this, um, where it says continue to continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. That's step four. Um, and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. That's steps eight and nine. 
If we follow these directions daily, we are practicing steps four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Um, oh, because did I, yeah, I think I got this. Oh, it, when they crop up, we ask God at once to remove them, that's six and seven. So if we're doing step 10, we're literally doing four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, and so disturbances, okay. So I'm peaceful, I'm going through the day, I'm peaceful. Something happens, someone does something, someone says something, and now I'm not, I'm disturbed, I'm, um, I'm bothered by something. So I have to look out for emotional disturbances. Um, and there's four high risk ones. Um, you know, there's selfishness, um, which is the act or practice of selfishly advancing one's own needs. Um, Self-seeking, where if I'm pointing the finger at someone in anger, I have to realize that, you know, three fingers are pointing back at me. Um, and, you know, this usually comes from someone not saying what I want them to say or acting how I want them to act. And things aren't going my way. Dishonesty, you know, if we're not if we're not honest, healing is not going to take place. So I have to always ask, ask myself, am I rationalizing? Am I conflicted? Um, resentment, you know, self-pity, a dangerous place to be. And, you know, resentments can happen for lots of reasons. Um, I can, if I'm feeling like I'm take, being taken advantage of someone, if I feel like someone's putting me down, um, you know, if I'm having unrealistic expectations of others, um, if I feel like I'm not being heard, um, you know, if I'm in a relationship with shift with someone who thinks they have to be right all the time, I mean, those will definitely bring up resentment. And then the other one is fear, um, you know, something that happened in the past or something that I'm worried about in the future or fear that someone thinks poorly of me. And an example of that is I, I sort of as a, I retired and then I started doing what I love to do, which is um, work with people and their dogs. So I became a dog trainer. It's like, why not? Right. Um, <laughs> There is a reason for that. I started a nonprofit that rescues puppies and people were saying, oh, what do I do? And I didn't know. So I thought, well, I'll go, I'll go be a dog trainer. And, um, and I absolutely love, love, love it. And, but one time someone came to one of the classes and they didn't come back. And I immediately think, oh, it's about me. And, you know, I, I like stressed over that for so long. <laughs> and I finally had to remember Kathleen, do, do a fear inventory here. You know, I have, I mean, I did, I did email. Oh, I know. I emailed her and she said, she just gave this short terse little answer. And that's what made me take it so personally. And I can't remember what it was, but then like two months later, she came back and enrolled in my classes again. And she goes, oh yeah, I had all this stuff going on. And so, you know, a lot of times it's really not about us. Um, so this, this fear of, um, I just, I need to, I need to get rid of it because I don't want to walk around with that for three weeks, losing sleep over something that really wasn't anything to be fearful about. Um, so whenever we're disturbed, you know, the problem always lies within us and, you know, we're starting to take responsibility on a daily basis. Um, step 10 is when they crop up, we ask our higher power at once to remove them, share it with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed someone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance is our code. So that's pretty easy, right? It's like, keep it simple. We state the facts of what we did. We take responsibility for what we did. And, you know, what was my part? What behaviors or attitudes? What words are coming out of my mouth, which are unacceptable? And, and if I need to apologize, I apologize. Um, the other day I was, I was talking to someone um, at, at this job that I kind of do part-time. 
in, um, I worked in the dental field for many years. Anyway, she was sending me this stuff and, and she was filling in for someone. So, and we were doing it over, you know, the computer and, um, and it wasn't the way it's supposed to be. And I was in pain and I was getting really impatient. And, and I just stopped myself and I said, you know, I apologize. You were, <laughs> I'm in pain right now. I'm impatient. I apologize. It has nothing to do with you. And let me just take a deep breath and, um, and, you know, we'll move through this. So it's like, I had to tell her right away, you know, she's, she's doing a great job. I'm being impatient and I need to just stop, stop being that way. Um, and if it's something that someone else does, you know, okay, so here's an example. I, um, I was in the morning driving to the grocery store. One of, my, one of the things I can never figure out is why people come out of a grocery store and push their cart off the curb right in front of you without looking to see if you're going to stop. It's like, I don't get why people do that. They should at least look and see that I'm making eye contact. Anyway, she pushes it out right in front of me. So I stopped and I didn't say anything, but in my head, I'm going, really, could you walk any slower? <laughs> and, and I truly, nothing came out of my mouth. And so as, finally she got across. And as soon as she did, I drove my car and she literally turned and screamed at me and flipped me off. And I was like, what? <laughs> and those are the kinds of things that will bother me. And suddenly I had this great day. I'm going to the grocery store and now it's ruined. You know, it's like, why did she do that? You know? And, and so I, I really, for me, the, the, the key is pause. When I'm bothered or disturbed, I have to pause. I can't afford to let any of these disturbances, these emotions to build up. I've got to deal with them right away. So I just paused and I went, you know what? She probably, I don't know what her life's like, she might have a horrible life. Um, maybe she just needed to do that for whatever reason. And it's like, you know, God, you know, bless her. Please bless her, whatever she's going through. Because clearly that's not a happy person. Um, and to just let it go. Um, I really have to let it go, get back in the now. And, and then what I did was what it did do, which was really cool, is every single person I dealt with in that grocery store, I went to like three different places. I was so friggin' nice to them. <laughs> and they were very nice back. I mean, it was like I had nothing but good interactions with people. So, you know, sometimes stuff happens. Um, so, oh, and also when I, when I get upset, um, you know, with someone else, I have to ask where I set the ball rolling because it's almost always, um, you know, if we drill down enough, we usually see that we're getting upset with others, that those are things that we've also done ourselves. That's what I find with me. Um, so it's, you know, when upset, it's a good opportunity to, you know, look at myself and see what I've done similar. Um, and, it, and step 10 really does teach us responsibility, forgiveness, and compassion. Um, well, let's see, what else did I have here? About one minute left. Okay, thank you. Um, so again, the main object of Big Book is to find a power by which we can live, power greater than, our, than us that'll solve our problems. And if we're living in step 10, um, you know, we're, we're um, step 10 is trying to get us to stop living in the confusion of the world and move back into the now. Um, you know, I've got to live in the now and constantly inventorying, um, you know, am I disturbed? 
um, fearful, resentful. Someone, someone in a in a their talk talked about um, to remember what we're supposed to look at every day. Think of a sod roof on a little cottage in Ireland. So S for selfish, D for dishonesty, R for resentment, F for fear. I don't know for some reason that helped me because um, I'm always going. What's the fourth one? Um, so. Um, you know, my job is not to take care of myself. If I do God's will, I'm going to be taken care of and I'm going to be just, I'm going to be happy even when times are tough. And um, just in closing, um, this is something that Sandy B said that I thought was cute. Um, you know, there's that, that prayer, give us, give us this day, our daily bread. Um, and and we're, we're, we're given what we need. We're given what we need in the day. We're given what we need in the moment. The prayer is not give us this day our daily bread and eight more loaves in the pantry. <laughs> not how it works. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. Wow. Thank you so much, Kathleen. That was incredible. Thank you so much for your share. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares, as this is a big book study sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. Um, if you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone, and I will call on the raised hands in order and ask, um, and the Zoom host, Liz, will ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. All right, I see Roanne is up first. Take it away. Hi, I'm Roanne. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, thank you so much, Kathleen, for your share. It's a really good reminder of, that I have to constantly do this work and I have to look at my part because it doesn't matter at the end of the day, I can't control people, places and things. I can only control how I react to life and it's life on life's terms. It's not life on my terms. And, um, Obviously, you know, as an addict, I want to control everything because I feel like that's the only way I can be comfortable and that's the only way I can be okay is if I'm in control because if I'm not, then it's chaos and, you know, it's out of my hands and it feels unsafe. Um, and I think like the, like one of the hardest parts of this program for me is feeling like I'm going to be okay if I'm surrendered and not the one running the show. Um, that's really a terrifying thought to me, like to like give over the reins to God and to let go of my will and to just trust. Um, I really don't understand. Like, I mean, I guess it's, it's not like a, a it's not a head thing. It's a heart thing. So I guess, you know, I'm always like saying like, well, I don't understand. I mean, it's, I don't think, at least for me, being in program for a long time, like, I don't think it's anything you can conceptualize. I think it's just like in your heart, it's just like you've stopped trying 
to control everything. Um, it's really, it's hard for me. Um, and just the concept of surrender, that's also hard for me because I'm a very willful, insanely willful human. Um, and a lot of times I don't think I want to be human. I want to be like, no, I'm superwoman and I can do a million things a day and I don't need to take breaks and I don't need to pause and I can just keep going and going. You know, like I'm usually not even on my video during this meeting. I'm usually multitasking and doing something else. And like today I was like, just sit and do the meeting because I'm never sitting while this meeting is going on. I'm always doing something else. Um, so that's like big progress for me that I like have my camera on and I'm sitting down and I'm really trying to be present. Um, but, you know, I guess the way I, I rationalize it is like, well, I'm at my computer all day. Why would I want to be at my computer more? Anyway. But I'm here and I'm happy to be here. And thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Rowan. Next up is Judy. Hi, I'm Judy, compulsive overeater. And um, I just really, I'm abstinent, but I've been struggling because I have a lot of medical issues that create a lot of pain. So I could really relate to your share, Kathleen. And um, thank you for sharing that. I have a lot of a lot of anxiety, but I think a lot of it is based in fear. I just have a lot of fear about what's going on with me. And I, you know, I want to turn to the food, but I'm not doing that because I know it's not going to solve any problems. It's going to just start the vicious cycle of compulsive overeating all over again. Um, but what I wanted to ask you, Kathleen, is how do you know that you're doing God's will? I know that might sound silly, but I mean, how do you know? How do you really know that you're doing God's will? Um, basically, it's how I feel. Um, if I'm feeling happiness, um, if I'm feeling contented, if I'm feeling joy, um, if I'm feeling freedom, um, if people are you know, not getting bothered by me. <laughs> if I'm not stepping on their toes, and I tell you, I used to step on plenty of toes in the day. Um, you know, it's like I, my, when my relationships, my relationships with, with people are good. I have amazing friends. Um, I have a, you know, um, I just, that's when I know I'm doing God's will. And, you know, I, I started this rescue 20 years ago, this puppy rescue. And right when I was starting to experience this pain, um, I got this plea for this mama dog and her 10 puppies. They were three days old. And I thought, you know, God, what am I supposed to do? You know, is there nobody else out there that can take those? I have a really soft spot for, you know, animals that are suffering. And these dogs were out in the heat. Two puppies had already died. Um, because of the heat, the guy couldn't get him out of the heat. He was homeless, yada, yada. And um, so I don't know. I just, I just said, I got this. I just kind of get quiet and 
I just got this message, just do it for a few days, just get them out of that bad situation so no more die. And so um, I said, okay, I can do this, but I'm gonna need help because I couldn't lift anything. I couldn't do any kind of lifting. And so um, I called this another gal in the rescue and she rounded up two other people and we met this guy and they loaded him in the car and they came back to my house and unloaded him in the place where I, I have all the dogs, the, the dog and the puppies. And, um, and since then, I really only thought I'd have him for a few days, but I've had so much help that these dogs, I wish I could go put a video on them right now. They are so happy. They're so cute. And so, and I really feel like God's will in this lifetime for me was to help. I think all animals are God's creatures. And I feel like that's been my calling. Um, this seemed really inconvenient for me and really easy to say no, but I just get quiet. And I, and even like, you know, God's will about, should I go to the chiropractor for another painful visit or should I get an MRI? And then I get that phone call. So it's just, it's really being willing to listen. And I don't always get the answers right away, um, but being willing to, to listen. And then, you know, how is this making me feel? Um, that's the best answer I can give you. I hope that helps. Okay. No, that's really helpful. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Judy. And thank you, Kathleen. Next up is Daisy. Myself. Hi, everybody. Daisy, recovered compulsive overeater. Grateful to be here. Um, thank you so much, Kathleen, for your share. Um, the part when you were talking about your, the dog training example and the person walking out, you thinking it was all about you, and it really wasn't. I so related to because I'm like constantly taking things personally. But what I like thought about when you were talking about that example is some of my favorite pages in the book other than this one is the 60 to 63 around step three and us stepping on the toes of our fellows and I realized that like I both have the walking around the world taking everything personally it's all about me and I have the like walking around the world doing all of these things and not realizing I have an impact on other people <laughs> so it's just like like that's the flip side of it for me. And both are from the root of just being super self-involved and super just, yeah, over-consumed with, with self. And then sometimes I think about like, okay, well, I'm doing an inventory and I have to look at my part. Like, isn't that more just self? Like now it's all about me, right? But it's what it is. It's like, it's awareness and it's getting to the truth of myself. Um, rather than making myself really big and thinking that everything I do or everything that everyone else is doing is because of me or doing all sorts of things and not realizing I have an impact on them. It's like, what is my actual part here? And um, can I look at this from a more honest lens? And I've been, I don't know, I've been doing 10 steps for a couple of years now. And um, I used to really struggle with rage and especially like in my own home, you know, with my partner who I love dearly, but who I feel safe around and triggers me in a lot of ways. And I, you know, really would get disturbed all the time. And I've just recently been noticing like that has diminished so much, even with all the regular like exhaustion and the normal triggers. It's just like, it's just feels like it's being removed. And I think it's from practicing this like change in perception all the time of like, 
this, let's really look at reality here. Let's really look at my behaviors, my part, my core beliefs, um, like how I'm showing up here. And I don't know, that's just, I just feel really grateful for that. So I'll pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Daisy. Veronica, you're up next. Hi, I'm Veronica, recovered compulsive overeater and I'm a bulimic. And Kathleen, oh, I just love you so much. That was such a great, great talk. I wrote so many things down. You have helped me so much. I mean, my recovery really, really changed when I met you. And uh, I just adore you. I wrote a lot of things down that you wrote. I know I can hear the recording, but I do want to ask, um, what does spirituality look like to you? That's my question. I love you too, Veronica. I was going to text you. Don't ask me any hard questions. (laughs) (laughs) So spirituality, you know, it's, um, I think I've always been a spiritual person, but it was kind of a belief I had rather than a feeling I had. And when I came into program and started working these steps, um, I just felt, I just feel a really strong connection with, um, with, um, you know, my higher power. And it's, I mean, I feel it, especially when I'm out in nature. Um, And, you know, the whole part of, having this spiritual connection, it's so, it's so important because I can't get through life without it, without that connection. And, and I definitely wouldn't have, you know, this, this talks about, um, um, we find that, okay, let's see. Um, sorry. If tempted, we, this is about food. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude towards food has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. And that attitude, you know, it, it doesn't come from a food plan. Um, it really comes from the mind and it comes from my spiritual connection. Um, and so, you know, yeah, spirituality is, it's not something tangible. It's not, um, you know, it's always been kind of hard for me to define that whole spiritual awakening thing. It's like something I feel. It's not something I can write down and say, this is what it is. Um, and, and how, and it just, you know, it's changed my life. I mean, it's just totally changed my life. And, you know, going through truly some, some challenging things um, and being able to go through them without fear is that's the spirituality part. That's the spiritual part for me. Um, I don't know how I would do it otherwise. I really don't. And, um, you know, it's just a day at a time and trying to stay in my truth, trying to stay in the now, um, not trying to figure it out, not asking why, 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 because I'm never going to get an answer. And, um, you know, my, my doctor said, you didn't know you, you drew the short straw, did you? And it's like, no, I didn't. Because <laughs> there's just no explanation for it. Um, I'm- but, you know, staying, staying spiritually connected is, is what makes, makes it work for me. Thank you. Thank you, Veronica. And thank you, Kathleen, again. Um, 
we will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would Liz please stop the recording? I don't see the button here today. To do I got it.